Welcome to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow, a damn near unlistenable business, branding and marketing podcast thingy. By listening to the intro, you're contractually obligated to have $29.99 per month coming out of your bank account via draft. Don't try unsubscribing. His legal staff is bloodthirsty and damped up and ready to sue the pants off all challengers. Now, enjoy the show. Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. Uh, today we have Tim Bryant, uh, currently in Asheville, North Carolina, working with the Daniels Group. Um, and he's a hell of a guy. I've, I've known Tim for a while, and um, it's a real pleasure to have him on. So, uh, Tim, tell the people about yourself and uh, and what you do. Well, good afternoon. It's good to see you, Jim. Um, I am the VP of Sales Development for a 70-year-old communications company called the Daniels Group. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have a call center. We have a print uh, printing facility. We have warehousing and fulfillment and a complete mailing operation. And our, uh, our mission is to grow your business. And uh, our vision is to be your preferred communications partner. So we, uh, we've been at this a long time. We are now um, third generation and woman owned. So the man that I came to work for 30 years ago uh, passed away a couple of years ago and his daughter, Jamie, whom whom I raised from a pup is at the helm and uh, we're having a good time and growing the business and things are, I mean, things are a lot different than they were in the nineties, but uh, in print for sure, but uh, things are going well. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I, I've run a few jobs through Daniels back in the day, um, yeah. but I really, I've, I've gotten pretty far away from doing print brokering um, that I got burned a few times on yeah. some projects and that just, that I decided it wasn't for me anymore. You know, that's, um, you know, I, I'll give you the print ready file and you can take it and get somebody else to deal with it. So. I, Absolutely. I understand that. Yeah. It's, you know, get, get left holding the bag on an $8,000 print job. It's kind of, it's kind of painful. And let's clarify that that was not with the Daniels group. Is that correct? No, that was not with the Daniels group. <laughs> no, no, that was, that was actually with a place down in Atlanta. Um, we ordered, just a ridiculous amount of yard signs and got got stuck yeah. holding the bag on that one. Well, if there's a problem, we make it right. We have a reputation to uphold. So. Yes, and and honestly, I know you guys. You do have a good reputation in Asheville, and and I know your work. Um, I just I don't. I'm not a. I don't do so much print anymore. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, that's like you said. The the market has so drastically changed. That's um, when I first started out and. 99 um doing this business it, i i wanted to do nothing but print you know, oh really was, yeah that, and that was um yeah the internet was still kind of in, a, in its infancy in a lot of ways at that time um yeah but you know i just that i grew up doing print i knew print um and i just i thought that was the what I would keep doing, but with the advent of the internet and websites, it, it kind of changed where I went. Yeah. Well, and a lot of, a lot of that has changed again. I mean, the, I mean, the mailbox is a lot emptier than it used to be. The email box is completely full and yeah. you throw away a hundred of them without even looking. So yeah. uh, 
really, literally, if you looked at our production schedule, you'd find that about 90% goes in the mail somewhere down the line. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, print is still terribly effective and I think a lot of people ignore it to their own peril. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, there's definitely a place for it and there's some markets I don't think benefit from print, but it's still, it's still, a, I think a very valid medium. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's yeah. what we tell ourselves every day and our, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works, it works, you know, and, yeah. and like you said, the email stuff and, you know, social media advertising, all this other stuff is, is great, you know, in, in certain in certain niches and, and certain uh, applications, but it's, yeah, you know, it's not the magic bullet that some people would have you believe. Um, well, here's how I know it works. I get a mailing fairly regularly from Google. And uh, so, and, you know, and I've got some articles on some online uh, nonprofits who, who uh, raise more money when they send you a postcard reminding you to go online than when they right. send you an email, which gets lost in the box. So, Yep. Yep. So, I mean, do you, do you think it's harder to stand out now? Um, or do you feel that it's easier to stand out because the, there's not, I mean, there for a while, and especially I think late eighties, early nineties, there was just, it was, you know, mass mailing crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you, do you think, think that now that the mailbox has slimmed down that, it, that it's become more effective per unit? Well, um, it has, uh, there, there's a lot of, uh, of studies that are being done on that. Millennials in particular kind of like to get mail and they sit with it, you know, a little differently, which most people do. Um, but, you know, again, the, the mailbox was stuffed for a while and it, it is very, fairly empty. We've got some things we do. We, uh, one of the things we do is college marketing um, and we do a ton of postcards, probably probably 2 million postcards a year to students, potential students. Um, a lot of those get soft touch lamination now, which is a, like a surface lamination that feels really smooth and almost velvety. And what it does is, of course, anytime you can get somebody to stop for a second and look at a piece or feel it or whatever, you've already made uh, an impact. Um, and you know, again, so we do things like that. We do things that are not number 10 sized most of the time. Um, six by nine and a half envelopes work way better than number 10s because all of that just looks like business junk, you know? So. Yeah. That's cool. Do you think that it's harder to stand out? I mean, just amongst the, the printing now, because I've been, you know, back in the day there was good printing and then there was bad printing um, and there's still bad printing, but you, you see a lot less of it and people are, you know, going full color, full bleed and doing, all kinds of crazy stock because it's gotten so cheap. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think it's, did, uh, did the four color digital press kill printing as we know it? Actually the four color digital press has allowed us to survive. Um, we, we do more. We used, we, we put the first digital press in Western North Carolina in, and it took us a while to get that thing rolling to get designers to understand and that sort of thing. Um, but we've got three digital presses that run almost all the time now. And uh, the margin's better. Um, and, uh, and then again, in terms of standing out, 
it's the same as it always was. If you've got a good design and a and a valid offer or a compelling offer, uh, you're gonna you're gonna pull. And if you if you don't, or if you're just spraying and praying, you know, like they used to say, then you're just you know. So you got to think about it. You got to hit the target market that you really want. Um, postage is going up. First class postage is going to be fifty five cents in January. Ooh. So that's a 10% increase uh, they just announced this week. Some of the uh, nonprofit and uh, and standard mail, which is what bulk used to be, uh, are going up a little bit. But but man, they're hitting first class hard this time. So wow, that that's gonna that that hurts. Yeah. Now of course most of the big jobs we do don't go first class. You, you know unless unless it's just important to uh, to make sure people understand. You know, or you're trying to fool them into thinking they've got something personalized yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, the the lovely handwritten, um, the lovely handwritten dot matrix. <laughs> yeah, love those. We actually, we actually have a customer who does about a half a million flyers a year in in a uh, safety envelope, so you can't see through it, and they are hand addressed by a group of ladies in Asheville. Uh, with, and they're paid per per piece, I guess. Yeah. And all of that goes out, and the response rates are not stellar. But uh, he doesn't need a lot to really land some good sized business. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's funny you follow the money. If something, if somebody keeps doing it, it's obviously effective. Most people yeah. don't, don't just throw money after money after money, um, except for on Facebook ads. I see that a lot. Seems like people just. <laughs> chuck money on the fire of Facebook ads yeah, and then run horrible ads. Um, yeah, I, I think honestly, social media has kind of given advertising and, and marketing a bit of a, of a disposableness um, that I miss from the print days. You know, now right. it's kind of like, you know, you said the, the spray and pray now it's with messaging even is kind of spray and pray or with design. It's kind of, you know, just, just pump it out there because it's so easy to do and, you know, you can split test and do all this stuff. But I think, you know, I miss the days when you really had to put a lot of thought and effort into something um, because it was, you know, you printed it and if it was bad, you were stuck with a garage full of crappy flyers. Right. Yeah. Well, and even in this postcard situation for the students, that's all cross channel. So they've, they've got, you know, emails that drop and then postcards that show up and then another piece or a letter or whatever. And so if you don't hit them four or five times from different angles, you can't get their attention anyway. So. Yeah. Well, that's like the, in marketing, there's the, the rule of seven where you've got to have seven t- touch points. Right. He's ready to make a sale. Um, and I got to imagine, especially on a, you know, on a college thing or something like that, it's going to be even more than that. Yeah. You know, you really got to get it into people's heads, um, and, and form a relationship. Yeah. Well, and actually we, with one of our college customers, we do outbound calls from our call center in the evenings to students who have applied, but haven't completed all the paperwork or they're waiting on one more thing. And, and the response, uh, and the ROI on those calls are really good really good because mostly you're just reminding people of stuff they meant to do. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going, Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they, they put it back together. And so that's been very effective and that makes us pretty unique uh, as a communications company 
to have all those options available. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I think if you if you approach it in kind of an integrated way, there's there's a lot of room for print. There's still a lot of room for print, and I, I really think that it's it's a shame that people are kind of down on it, um, and and kind of seem to have been down on it for a while. But um, it's it still works. People still yep. spend a lot of money doing it, and people, like I said, people don't. They don't spend money on stuff that's not effective, not twice anyway. Yeah, that's true. So, cool. Well, if you're ready, we'll uh, throw you into the, into the gauntlet of the five questions. I am ready, Sensei. All right. This is, you know, this might make you uncomfortable, but um, that's just what it is. Sorry. All right. All right. <clears throat> Question number one, and we've kind of already covered this one uh, a bit, but um, – is print making a comeback? Um, I think uh, the answer to that is yes and no. It depends on it depends on the company and the technology that you're willing to invest in. Um, these days, companies like us are up against some companies that are what we call completely dark, like Vistaprint. Uh, order comes in, drops on a machine, goes out, and the only time somebody touches it is maybe if they toss the box into the truck. Yeah. Um, so, but, but they've cleaned out a lot of the price buyers and that's not who our customers are. Yeah. So we, uh, we work, I think print in general is nothing like it was in the nineties. In fact, uh, I was a million dollar rep every single year in the nineties. And I remember reading an article that said, if you had most of your success in the printing business in the nineties, you may not be as good as you think you are. So, so now you have to really be good. So we have, we have multiple kinds of services. We do a lot of digital. We also build online portals where um, customers can order not just print, but multiple kinds of things. If they've got a vendor for a battleship, I can order the battleship through our portal and we become the centralized sort of purchasing uh, process for an organization. So we do that for all kinds of verticals uh, across the market. Cool. So to answer your question, I believe to the survivors, the, uh, yes. Um, but to printing companies that want to stay, you know, the way they used to be and hang in there thinking it's coming back, it never will come back like that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, not in this day and age, not with the other, the other tools that we have. Yeah. It's, again, it's the what what's effective is where the money goes. Um, but again, I think I think print is it's still it's still so valid um, and and honestly a lot more fun. It's, Absolutely. For me, it's it's always been a lot more fun to design print, um, and then, you know, and have something you can touch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Seventy five percent of my portfolio is things that were never printed. Um, you know, just a digital, a logo for a digital company or a website or, you know, Facebook stuff. And that's all it's, you know, effective and it's, it's part of what I do, but it's, um, there's something about holding a printed piece. There's something about going and doing press checks, um, yeah. you know, picking stock and, you know, really, um, there, there's an art to it that I miss. Uh, I bet. I understand exactly what you're talking about. Now, a lot of the customers that I used to work with who really loved that aren't there anymore. They've retired and there's a younger group 
that just wants it done and done well and are willing typically to trust me to go to the press check or, you know, to make sure things are done right. So uh, some of that has changed, but, um, but there's still a, a, a value in it. Uh, haptics is a big thing now where, like I mentioned, the soft touch lamination, things that make you stop uh, spot UV and those kinds of things are, are really out there. Um, in fact, we're doing some spot UV on top of soft touch lamination so that you get the bumpy feel and, you know, the, yeah. the raindrops stand up or whatever. And again, everything to get your attention. So. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's, that's good stuff. I, I miss those days. I miss those. <laughs> I really well, send me some print orders and fly out here and do a press check, brother. Hey, I'll have to do that. I'll have to do that. It'll be fun. We'll have a cup of coffee. Or come see us before you head west anyway. Yes, I will. I will. We're actually, we we go back and forth. Um, Cade still lives there. Yeah. Uh, I guess I shouldn't say his name, but my son still lives there. Uh, I'll have to go in and edit this part out. But, um, but yeah, he's still there and we're, we're still going back and forth. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Uh, what historical character would you like to be? What historical character? Hmm. Well, since we're talking about print, even though maybe his morals are different than mine, Ben Franklin is is the godfather of print and uh, and got it going and uh, supported it in every way and and really was an innovator in that whole field of communication at the time. And uh, I've always respected him and appreciated his uh, work. Um, we have a saying here that we have on some thank you notes. It says, well done is, is better than well said. And that's uh, one of his quotes. So anyway, maybe Ben Franklin with a, with a uh, maybe nicer to his wife and, and uh, yeah. more committed to his kids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so a, a more tender Ben Franklin. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's good. I like that. Yeah. We, uh, on this trip, we went up and uh, went to Pennsylvania and, uh, Philadelphia and got to see freedom hall and all that stuff. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was, yeah. um, it was oddly a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I was expecting this giant hall and you know this, all kinds of pomp and circumstance, but it was honestly a reasonably simple, small room. Yeah. Huh. It, was, it was neat. It was neat to see where all that really went down. Cool. Cool stuff. All right. Uh, number three, uh, what trend in marketing and advertising excites you the most right now? What trend? Let's see. Well, I guess probably uh, it would be in terms of our business, um, the way we are connecting things, connecting the dots in our services better than ever by helping people understand you've got to do more than just print. You've got to do more than just mail a postcard. You've got to do more than just answer a phone, et cetera, et cetera. And so when we, we're finding, especially through the portal piece, um, we're finding customers who, who turn to us as experts on lots of different areas. In fact, I'm adding a promo division just this week, getting ready to hire somebody to do nothing but promotional products because if it's got, if it's got your logo on it or print on it, we should be doing it. And uh, so, yeah, in terms of, um, in terms of what really works, I think uh, I think it has to be a combination. You have to use all the technologies, some old, some new, and some in between. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's and no no two businesses are alike. 
um, because no two client is a lot are alike. Right. Um, you know, no, no two customers are alike. So it's, 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 it's the holistic approach. And, and I hate using that word. I, I think it's so vastly <laughs> overplayed, but it's, it's true. You've really got to take a, a broad view of all your marketing uh, initiatives and, and really discover which ones that are, are actually effective. Um, yeah. And this, this is kind of a side question. Do you, do you find that a lot of businesses uh, suffer from lack of tracking what is effective in a, in well, a concrete way? And is that, is that something that your business helps with? Um, that, that has always been a challenge and, and still is a, I mean, of course in the internet space, you can, you can do some stuff and you can, um, you can track, uh, response rates and that kind of thing. In the college marketing area, uh, one of our college marketing firms doesn't use QR codes or pearls at all. And one of them uses them on every single thing. And so it just depends on what your, what your expertise are and, and if you've got the technology there to drive it. Um, but yeah, in terms of, of print, I mean, again, you have to put an offer on it or some kind of code or something so that you can get some feedback on on why they called. Um, yeah. But even in a cross-channel project where, you know, we mail a letter and then we do an email and then we do a postcard and then we do a final email, we see that bump at that third postcard or that third touch where people, again, you know, they're going, oh yeah, I got that letter. I laid it on my desk somewhere. Where is that thing? And then, so you start getting better response. You can, you can squeeze some more out of it. It is hard to track though, because, you know, obviously you can't put an RF or, or, or a chip on every mailing piece and know where everyone went with it or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we need to invent that. Yeah. That's, I think that's really our true calling here. Um, <laughs> Quit messing around with print and and marketing and just invent RF weird tracking devices. Find ways to track people. Yes, I'm yeah. sure there's somebody doing this already. So yeah, small, you know, minuscule tracking devices that don't require batteries. Yeah, and and run on Wi-Fi. So, <laughs> all right. Question number four: uh, What's the most difficult part of what you do? Um, well, let's see, I guess I could answer that from a management standpoint, uh, since I'm in sales management is really just motivating our people, keeping them on track, um, feeding them new ideas, finding ways to create leads so that they don't have to do everything. And, um, again, opening the door to new ideas and supporting a team, uh, on a wide and broad basis so that they can be successful. Um, I think we're doing a better job of that now than we have in a long time. Probably we've got one of the best teams we've had. And, uh, but again, and then that same thing holds true for customers. Uh, um, the one thing that we run into sometimes is customers won't let you do your best work because they already have their ideas about how it should be done. And um, I've fired a few customers over that sort of thing, just going, look, you know, if we're going to write this copy and you're going to ruin it, <laughs> if you don't mind me being so honest, yep. then there's no reason to do this, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but people, people buy from people they trust and that add value to their business. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's important. I think as, as service providers, um, you know, it's, it's our position to sometimes tell people no. 
um, yeah. or just say, this is a stupid idea. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I've done that. I've turned people away, you know, and not, I'm not mean like that, but um, you know, I've turned people away just based on the fact that I, you know, I don't want to put in perfectly good work and take perfectly good money on something that I know is not going to be beneficial in any way. Right. Um, yeah. I've, I've told them a few times there's, I'm, I really refuse to waste your money this way. Yeah. But if you'll do it, if you'll make an adjustment, we'll, we'll help you uh, get a higher return on investment. So. Yeah. That's important. It's important. You got to say no. Got to say no. Sometimes <laughs> that's hard too. I mean, sometimes saying no is hard. You yeah. Know, especially, you know, I'm a, certainly a much smaller businessman. Um, you know, you need money. You've got to get that money. Um, but, you know, do you, uh, do you want to give somebody something that, I mean, you get, do you want to sell somebody a car that you know is going to drive off the road and into a ditch 10 minutes later? Yeah. 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 I think it has to do with your, your values and how you're put together, what you can do. And, you know, again, the way we approach people is we'll be honest and we're going to, we're going to give them our professional opinions and we're not going to just do stuff, you know, or, or just cause they think it should be done or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Cool. I like it. All right. The last one, and this is always the hardest question. Um, these are the, the questions that I've been, I've been cursed out over. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. People, people don't like, people don't like number five. It's, it's a, it's a bad one. Bring All right. it. All right, here we go. <laughs> what is the dumbest TV show you watch regularly? The dumbest TV show I watch regularly. The most embarrassing TV show that you watch. Well, the TV show that you should be ashamed to watch. I, well, my first inclination on the answer is Fox News. Oh. And the reason is because even though uh, I'm conservative and I like some things that our current president's been doing with the economy, I cannot stand to listen to him blather on and step on everything. And it just drives me crazy. So I, I probably watch a lot less of that. Uh, but otherwise, in my regular normal life, I'd probably have to say Wheel of Fortune because it's oh, just man. on while we finish up dinner and wait for the intellectual Jeopardy to come on. So. Yes, well, Jeopardy. I actually used to really like Jeopardy. I, I haven't watched it in years. We we haven't had TV in forever, but I like. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was always you know we'd watch it during dinner. Um, right, right. Like that. But um, is Pat Sajak still on Wheel of Fortune? He is, and so is Vanna. Oh my lord! They've got to be. It's crazy. They've got to be older than us, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think Vanna is pushing seventy, but I'm not sure. Amazing. That's crazy. Amazing. And, and she's only 75% plastic at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the weird thing is when you get our age, uh, all the hot girls we used to look up to are getting to be just about 70. And it's yeah. kind of freaky. Yeah, it's a little bit bizarre. <laughs> that's okay. That's, uh, it's, it's the trade-off. You know, we, we, we trade the, our, our sex symbols, you know, looking a little tired. Uh, for the gray, lovely hair. Yeah, you know, yep. it's we come out on top, right? We trade it for wisdom and uh, and an understanding what's important in life. Yes, in the final final segment, hopefully. 
Yeah, yeah. It's um, things I, I treat life very, very differently now than I did when I was a young pup. Yeah. It's, it's a different Back place. when you knew everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and now I'm, you know, I question myself consistently, you know, do you know anything? Oh, I know. I know. It's a wonder by the time you get into your 70s or 80s, if you, if you feel like you know anything about life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, honestly, though, I think that's really cool. Um, I think that it, it's cool to have that mystery. Yeah. You know? it, um, we don't know it all. We can't know it all. And I think that's kind of that's kind of fun. Takes a long time to learn that, though. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and there are still days that I'm a 17-year-old punk. That yeah. Uh, My wife is around to help remind me that I don't know it all. So. Yeah, mine does a very, very good job at doing that. <laughs> don't you love them? Yes, they're pretty good. So, all right, Tim, you're out of the questions. That was that was the hardest part. And uh, all right. Now I'm going to lean on you to tell us what you do or drop a value bomb or tell a joke, uh, anything that you want to be known for. Um, now's the time. Well, let's see. In terms of uh, my life as a printer and uh, selling printing all these years, uh, the best thing I ever heard was a guy who said, the job description for you is go out and meet a perfect stranger turn them into a close personal friend and sell them something they can't possibly see until it's too late. And that is pretty much what my life has been like in this business, but it's been a good, good run. And, uh, I worked for a great man, uh, you know, in printing, uh, most of the businesses were private, privately owned family owned businesses for many, many years. In 2008, when the economy started to crumble, there were about 64,000 printing companies in America. Now there are about 32,000. Wow. So consolidation and some other things have occurred. Um, but overall, um, just, just hanging in there and offering good value and working with people to, to help them get their message communicated has been a great, a great run for me. And I was hoping that print would outlast me so I could retire and be happy. But uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. But anyway, but yeah, so I mean, uh, overall, um, I think just, just living life, doing the things that are supposed to be, you know, that match up with your core values, being who you're supposed to be and, uh, and, and doing, uh, doing a good job meeting new people. I mean, I've loved that and meeting guys like you and, uh, your crazy, uh, presence on Facebook is always amusing. Yeah. I'm sorry I, about that. I hope you get magenta back. I'll do better. I promise. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. I'm still, I'm just, I'm tore up about that, man. And now I see a lot of people putting magenta on their things. Are you just doing it off your phone and you aren't able to get it anymore? Or what was no, the deal? It's on, it's on desktop. Um, okay. Yeah. For some reason on desktop, they, it disappeared this morning. Um, no kidding. I, I can still do it on my phone, which is fine. I mean, you know, it takes I, I, I think they felt like you were building too much value for your own business out of it. And they decided yeah. to take it away from you as they often do on the internet. Yep. Google's yep. master of that, of course, but yes. You know. Oh well, yeah. That maybe that's another, another episode is <laughs> talking about Google and the, the stranglehold that Google has on businesses in this country. Yeah. 
Just un- unbelievable. Indeed. If you're not on Google, you're in trouble. Yep. Um, we work in, at it all the, the time. majority of cases. We send our link to everybody, and we ask for reviews all the time because it does drive it does. a lot of what happens. It does. And it's how somebody in Wichita hears about me in Asheville, North Carolina, yep. or Florida, or wherever. So we get calls from all kinds of places. Yep. It's, it's, it's important in this day and age. It's cool, but it's weird at the same time. Uh, yeah. yeah it's well, like, they've got a lot more power than they uh, – then they know what to do with, and then probably a lot more than we know of. I, I don't know if you saw that somebody from uh, 60 Minutes. There's a vacuum cleaner running up the hall here. Uh-oh. Somebody from 60 Minutes uh, was meeting with a guy from Facebook, and he asked him to bring everything Facebook had on him. And literally, it was it looked like a government bill. It, it must have been 1,200 to 2,200 pages. It's crazy. Stuff. I don't know what that is. I don't know what they would say about me, but. Yeah, and that and that's one of the that's one of the platforms. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you know, you know, Google's got it. You know, your cable providers got it. I mean, oh yeah, it's all over the place, and it's it's um you know, and I, I've said this a couple of times on these podcasts. It's it's Joseph Stalin's dream. <laughs> yeah, if he if he would have had this stuff, it would have been yeah, he would have been a, he would have been a much happier man. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, like the Bible says, things that are whispered uh, in private will be shouted from the rooftops someday. So maybe that maybe that was the prediction of Facebook and Google. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's you know, there's <laughs> been so many breaches now. Um, you know, there's 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 no privacy. There's yeah. no privacy, and there's there's no way to remain anonymous, and it's it's kind of strange. That's true. People yeah. sign up. Sign up to do podcasts like this. Yep. Great. What are we yep. thinking? Yep. And now they've got us. They've got us on camera. They've got us on <laughs> audio. They've, they've. It's. They've got our email trail. It's. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I used to. This is a new laptop. I used to have a little piece of tape over my camera, and I need to get back to that. Yeah. I, I saw an interview with Zuckerberg, and his laptop was sitting on the desk behind him, and it had a piece of tape over the camera. And I thought, if he's going to do it. We should be doing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. My laptop is about a week old, and that was the first thing I did was stick a sticker on it. I actually have a – this is an external camera. Yeah, okay. So it's um, – that's yeah, that's the first thing I do. <laughs> um, that's the next thing I'm going to do when we get off this call. Yes. Get a, get a good sticker, though. Don't don't just find a piece of tape. Get, get yeah, something. I'll find something motivational or something. There you go. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Laptop camera covering motivational stickers. That's, there you go. There you go. There's, There's another business we should be in. Man, ah, we're going to be so rich. <laughs> you awesome. decide that, I'll print the labels. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. And I'll, I'll only take 95% of it. So. Excellent. I, I would have thought you'd have tried for more, but no problem. Hey, I'm a nice guy. What can I say? <laughs> awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much. Uh, what is, what's the good place for people to get in touch with you or see what you do or uh, learn more about the Daniels group? Well, our website is groupdaniels.com and, um, and you can find me there and lots of good stuff about what we do. So 
Yep. And they do good work. They do good work, people. I promise. And, and Tim is a terrific dude. I've known him for a while. We've uh, run in the same church circles. Um, And it's as, as crazy as people want to think I am, I'm actually a pretty decent church going individual (laughs) at at times, at times. With your potty mouth all week, you have to go to church on Sunday, don't you? It's, you know, that's why I can't be Catholic. Can you imagine how long it would take me to say all the Hail Marys? (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) Hey, I'm having dinner with Scully and some guys tonight. Oh, yeah, tell Patrick. I remember the first thing, one of the early things I heard about him was that his his Jesus cussed once in a while. So, eh, probably did. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, you know, I try. There, some, <laughs> some days I make it okay, some days I don't. Yeah. So it just, it it really depends on the day and who's trying to antagonize me online. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the sad thing, uh, and I just shared this. Uh, I preached at Highland not long ago, and it was on the church at Sardis, the one that Jesus says, you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. And, and it's like, you know, I care more about what you think about me than what God knows about me. Yeah. That's just messed up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, cool. All right, everybody, go visit uh, and, and check out Tim and, and the Daniels group, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Excellent. Cool. That's it. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was awesome. I appreciate Heading it. Heading to Judy, Juicy Lucy's to meet some guys, and then Grady, Grady Shope is uh, oh. preaching, preaching a, uh, uh, get this, uh, preaching a, uh, what do you call those, revival service tonight at a black church in Shiloh. So we're going to have they, some They fun. let that knucklehead into churches these days? Yeah, yeah. He's come a long way, man. He's been through the ringer. I love and Grady. He's he's, he's bought some gold refined by fire. That's for sure. You know. Yeah, I love Grady. He's a good dude. Yep. I'll give him. I'll give him and all the guys your regards. Michael Fox is going to be there, and who else? Uh, Grady. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Grady. We're in sort of a group together. We do something once a week. Cool. So anyway. Well, listen, if you're up in Asheville, uh, swing by the plant. We're at 131 Sweeten Creek right off the highway. And, uh, oh, yeah. I, I know good and well uh, where you guys are. Love to give you a walkthrough or whatever and show you what uh, what we're doing these days uh, compared to what we used to do. Yeah, love to. And, you know, always love the smell of ink. So Absolutely. Cool. All right, Tim. Thank you so All much, right. man. Thank and you. I'll, uh, when this gets ready to air, I'll let you know and we can, you know, help promo each other. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, Tim. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Uncle Jimbo Sideshow. To learn a bit more about today's delightful guest, be sure to check the show notes. If you'd like to discuss marketing, branding, and other dirty words with Uncle Jimbo, please visit jamespmgaffney.com. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and all that stuff. Again, this man has a legal team you do not want to play with. Never